morning everyone from the boat I'm here this morning uh, to talk about the first postures that you should teach to your students or the first postures that students should learn when they come to your class and they're new to yoga <clears throat> I just woke up um, and today um, I'm raising money for best friends animal society so in case you have never been there they are in southern Utah it's a really great um, animal shelter they take all kinds of animals there they help animals um, from all over the world and uh, if you want to donate you can just click on the button below and donate some money to them while we talk this morning um, it's a new thing that Instagram is doing called badges and um, it's just really easy and then you help some cats and dogs and horses and pigs all right so this morning we're going to talk about what kind of posture should you uh, want to focus on when you're first starting when someone comes new to your class if you have not met me before, uh, my name is Angelica. I've been teaching yoga for 16 years. I've been practicing for 35. I owned a rather large yoga studio in Las Vegas. It was the largest yoga studio in the state of Nevada. 6,000 square feet, 10,000 clients, and about 150 teachers worked for me um, in the 10 years that I owned the studio. I did start in a small garage and then built it up to a large space. So I started with 400 square feet and built it up to 6,000. Um, this morning, uh, we're gonna again. We're gonna talk about the postures that you might want to teach when you're first teaching yoga. So, when someone comes to your class, right? So traditionally, right, everybody would say if you were gonna, if, you, if I asked you what postures did you teach when you first, when someone's first to your class, you're gonna say Tadasana, right? Because Tadasana is the standing pose. It's the, the first pose in light on yoga. And it's like our basic standing posture. It tells us like, okay, this is what, this is what yoga is. This is how we stand. And it's about grounding through the earth, spreading the toes wide, feeling the earth, connecting with the planet, connecting with mother um, Gaia, and imagining that that energy is coming up through us and creating this power that allows us to have connection with the earth. And then that brings us even closer to the ideology of yoga as union and yoga as yoke and creating this connection to everyone and everything. So Tadasana is a really great posture to start with. And sometimes I have people start in Tadasana and close their eyes and just spread the toes, ground down through the earth, and feel that energy pulling up. And you want to imagine that there are three different points of focus on our foot. So there's two in the front, one in the heel. And those are the strong energy points that ground down through the earth. So I give people this kind of cue that tells them like, where should I be putting my energy when I'm standing in Tadasana? And really like focusing on spreading the toes. So like, you can't see my toes, I'm spreading them right now, but if you could, they're really wide. And that allows us to um, get this really extra strong base, which I think that a lot of people, you know, they walk through their day and they don't think about how they're walking. They don't think about how they're standing. They don't think about is the weight evenly distributed on both feet? Is the weight distributed between each toe? 
And when we do our yoga practice, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to teach people how to really connect with their body. And we're trying to teach them how to connect with even the little toe, right? Because when, before you did yoga, before you were um, teaching yoga, before you gained this awareness with your body, you didn't realize that every part of your body is connected. We just kind of walked through our day and we didn't understand or know how to really connect the whole body. And when we have this whole connection, that again brings us back to the ideology of yoga as union, right? So we want to, when we're cueing Tadasana, we want to start with even the little parts. And then so after I have them spread their toes wide and ground down through the earth and pick the three points of focus, then I want them to slightly rotate their big toes inward so that we feel the weight come more towards the inner part of the feet. And the reason why we do that is because a lot of time people are standing outward. They're standing with their feet kind of tilted on the sides. So we want to ground down there through the feet and then bring the weight evenly on all parts of the foot, right? So now that we have this, we can start to begin to feel the muscles in the calves and in the shins. And when, if you were doing this with me and you felt that rotation where your feet kind of rotate slightly inward, right? Now, all of a sudden there's an engagement in the legs if you spread the toes wide. So every part of the body is engaged in Tadasana. So we're gonna engage up through the calf muscles, we're gonna engage up through the shins, and then when we get to the knees, you wanna feel the engagement in the quadriceps. So we pull up through the quads, and then we have, <laughs> I'm actually demonstrating, but of course you can't see it. <laughs> um, you have this, this engagement pop up in the quadriceps. And then now all of our legs are totally engaged. So this is this whole ideology of starting with the bottom of a posture and working your way up. And a lot of times yoga teachers will just start willy nilly and they'll, they'll just cue different things. But I think it's really crucial, especially with beginners, that you start cueing from the bottom of a posture and you move your way up to the top of a pose. So if we're cueing at the bottom of a pose and we ground really well through the earth and we have this like strong positive base then it's easy to keep cueing the upper parts of the body if we start to cue like the shoulders and relax down through the shoulders but the legs are just kind of all over the place then it's really hard for a student to really get the absolute benefit of the posture so i like to cue from the bottom and then work our way up so spreading the toes wide, grounding down through the earth, feeling the three points of focus, two on the front, one in the heel, and then spreading those toes wide, just really grounding down and feeling that the, the weight is evenly distributed between both feet. That's really essential when you cue this posture. So then you have, now remember we wanted them to have their feet evenly distributed. So you may notice that the feet are more out to the side. You want to tell them to rotate the toes inward so that now they have an evenly distributed weight on both feet. And then that's how we have that base in Tadasana. Now when we do that, when we rotate those toes inward, what's going to happen is they're going to suddenly feel an engagement in the legs. So we have this muscle in the calves and the shins. 
So now we've engaged that, we've engaged up through the knees, and we've engaged up, engaged up through the quadriceps. We feel the quadriceps lift in the back of the legs. So now the, all of the legs are engaged and we have union yoga yoke within all of our legs. Then from here, we're gonna feel the Uddiyana Bandha and the Mula Bandha. So the Mula Bandha pulls up through the base of the spine and the Uddiyana Bandha hollows out in the core. And then for some people, you'll wanna look and see where your students are. And this is why I never really demonstrate. This is why I'm really out with students because you might see some people press their hips back. You might see them sunken forward and you wanna make sure that they're nice and e easy and, and even. So a lot of times I tell people to rotate the hips under as if they're scooping the hip and then feel that lengthen. Right, so from here we got our Uddiyana Bandha and Mula Bandha engaged and we've rotated the hips under. So now your students are completely focused and have this union through their body from the hips all the way down. So we've started cueing at the bottom of the body and we're working our way up. Now that we're here, now that we've cued all of the legs, we can start to focus on the upper body, right? So we're going to lengthen through the spine, drop down through the shoulders, because a lot of times you see the crunching of the shoulders. You people pull their shoulders up. You want to ask them to just kind of draw the shoulders down and then rotate so that the chest opens. And if you've ever taken UPW with Tony Robbins, he talks about this, the chest and the sternum coming up and there's like this two inches here where you pull that up and you allow your heart to open. And this allows us to really connect with the world because so many people are hunched over and they're not finding connection with the world. They're not feeling any kind of openness and happiness. You see the, all this like heart chakra closure all the time. You see this so often where people are shoulders down. We wanna have the shoulders open and the sternum lifted Right, and I just, I loved that when I went to um, Unleash the Power Within with Tony Robbins and he talked about that. So then from here, check your students again and see, are they just puffing their chest out and their stomach too? You wanna reconnect to the Uddiyana Bandha. So you wanna reconnect to pulling the core in at the same time dropping the shoulders and lifting the chest, right? So this is a very active pose, Tadasana, is not just stand in there. And then once you have that, then you're gonna draw the arms down. And Iyengar says you can bring the arms down or you can bring them up, right? And so sometimes you'll hear people say that this is Utita Tadasana when the arms are up and then um, just Tadasana when the arms are down. But Iyengar doesn't make a distinction. He just calls it Tadasana. And um, so arms down and palms can be facing each other or you can have them open to the front. That is a stylistic choice. And there's a lot of things when we talk about alignment and when we talk about setting up posture, you'll notice I've been doing yoga for 35 years. So I've seen yoga transform and change over the years and the different styles of yoga that have popped up. For instance, like Bikram yoga is he changed all the postures. He changed everything from the way that it had always been traditionally taught. So prior to that, there at the very beginning there was Hatha Yoga, and then that had like five postures. And then Krishnamacharya taught Patabi Joy and Iyengar, and the two of them then created different styles of yoga, which now we have these offshoots of all of those styles of yoga um, that came from Patabi Joy and from Iyengar. And, except for Bikram, who just made up his own thing. 
So posture changes. It's almost like language, right? It's very fluid and it changes with different people. So if you have your hands forward or you have your hands to the side in Tadasana and you're cueing that, it doesn't it doesn't there there isn't any hard and fast rule for that because posture changes in the way that language changes it evolves over time and yoga has evolved over time and, and certainly has evolved in the 35 years that I've been doing it I've seen it change dramatically so palms facing each other or palms facing forward so now we have our whole body engaged we've We've cued our students to engage from the ground. We have them evenly distributing the weight on both feet. And the, the toes are slightly inward so that the weight isn't outward towards the sides, but more evenly distributed. And again, really watch your students and really look at where they're at because they will, um, they'll all be different. You know, everybody's gonna be a little bit different. And that's the thing, the more bodies you work with, the more that you see, the more you'll find that people are totally different every time. Okay, so we're gonna lengthen up now. We have our whole body engaged up to the neck. So from here, we want to have them look forward and bring their chin in line so that it's even, so that there's like this perpendicular line with the chin and the floor or parallel line with the chin and the floor and perpendicular to the body. So looking forward, and then a lot of times I'll just ask people to smile because at this point we're also serious, right? And they probably are holding their breath. So when we get them here, now I like to focus on ujjayi breathing. So inhale through the nose and then it comes through the back of the nose, through the throat, and you can feel it. It's like an in, it's a sound. So it comes in through the nose, through the back of the throat, and then out through the nose. And you can feel this at the top of the nose here, right at the joint. And that's where the ujjayi breath is. And the reason, and I always explain this at the beginning of the class, the reason why we're breathing in and out through the nose and not through the mouth is the fight or flight system. So when we breathe in and out through the nose, we are starting to calm the nervous system. If we breathe through the mouth, we are engaging fight or flight. So anytime I hear a yoga teacher cue like, <sighs> inhale, out through the mouth, I'm always a little bit um, like, oh, they haven't been studying their Iyengar. Um, so <laughs> the, the breath always wants to come in and out through the nose in yoga. I don't know any traditional pranayama that the breath comes out the mouth. Let me think. You like bumblebee? No. I mean lion's breath, right? <sighs> With the tongue. There we go. Alright, I thought of one. But you're not gonna lion's breath into dasana. Okay, so in and out through the nose. And I try to get, so my students, right, they've come from a bunch of different places, right? Your students, they, maybe one of them was rushing to get there in their car. Maybe one of your students was, um, they just got in a fight with their partner. Maybe one of your students was taking care of their kids. You really don't have any idea where your students are coming from. And so you want to get everyone in the same breath. So my goal as a teacher is to get people to breathe the same way throughout the whole class and together right so they're all breathing at the same tempo so I'll teach them to breathe five counts in and five counts out and it's gonna be really slow so we'll do it together 
And this is how I teach people in a class when they're taking a class with me at the beginning of class. So inhale through the nose for a count of five. And then we hold at the top for five. And then exhale. And then we hold at the bottom for five. So that's one complete breath, an inhale through the nose, hold the top, and then an exhale out the nose, and then hold at the bottom. And I went a little fast the first time, and that's how I typically am going to teach it in class too. And then I start to slow them down. So we'll do a nice slow breath, and this is how I would teach it in a class. So the first breath's a little bit faster, but now I'm gonna slow them down. So we're all gonna inhale for five, four, three, two, one. Hold at the top for five, four, three, two, one. Exhale through the nose for five, four, three, two, one. Hold at the bottom for five, four, three, two, one. Good. So when we have people in the beginning of our class and we're teaching them our starting posture, which in this case, what we've been talking about today is Tadasana, then we start to get them on the breath. After we've cued them into the whole pose and they're in this perfect alignment and posture in the pose, we start to cue the breath. And for me, when I'm teaching a class, this is gonna be like 10 minutes of the beginning of the class. It's gonna be five to 10 minutes, depending. If I'm teaching a 55 minute class, it's gonna be about five minutes. If I'm teaching an hour and a half or an hour and 15, it's gonna be about 10 minutes where I really get them focused on the breath because the vinyasa practice is about the breath. It's about the connection and the movement with the breath. And if we lose that anywhere along the way, the, the practice is no longer really doing anything for anyone. The point of the yoga practice, the point of the vinyasa class, is not to do a bunch of postures. It's to connect the breath and the body so that the mind can calm down. And that's really where you as a teacher come in and guide your class. You guide them into these perfect postures in alignment with their perfect body the way that they are. And then you teach them the breath so that now we've connected our bodies to our breath and we have union yoga with our bodies. And then we have union yoga with everyone else in the class. And whether you're teaching virtually or you're teaching live, it really doesn't matter. You are connecting breath and body with people all over the world and all over your class. And it's a beautiful thing. So that is the first posture that I teach in a class. That's how I teach it. Then I connect it with the breath. So I start with, you know, I might start with Sukhasana, I might start with Tadasana, but today we talked about Tadasana. Yeah, and then we focus on the breath. All right, so thank you so much for watching. I really appreciate you being here this morning. If you have not yet, um, please do join the Yogi's Inner Circle. It's free, it's on Facebook. I post a lot of 
questions um, where we talk about different things and we talk about yoga practices and how to build our business and how to help people with the practice of yoga and how to teach yoga in a way that really helps everyone and connects your students. Um, I, I am getting ready to open up my mastermind again. I'm really excited about that. So there'll be more details about that. You can send me a DM if you want to apply early. And um, there's a, get my book. There's a bunch of stuff on, on Instagram. Just go to the link in bio. And um, I would love to connect with you and help you to become abundant and share yoga with the world because it's an incredible, beautiful thing. And I'm really excited that there are so many yoga teachers out there spreading love. All right, have a wonderful day, and again, thank you for joining. And if you haven't yet, don't forget, donate to Best Friends Animal Society. You can go to their website, bestfriendsanimalsociety.org, I think, and um, give them um, a little bit of love because all of the animals deserve it. Have a beautiful day. Bye-bye.